Upworthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Thank you, Marley, for that beautiful lead-in. Hello, this is Upworthy Weekly. My name is Todd Perry, a staff writer at Upworthy. And with me is the wonderful Allison Rosen. You know her from the popular show, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Hello. And on today's show, we're going to be discussing uh, Upworthy's most popular and engaging stories from April 25th to the 29th. But before we get to that, before we get to that, I've got something I want to talk about. And it's like, I didn't want to pick a fight. With me? N- no, not you. Um, okay. With some of our listeners. Oh, boy. Uh, so, you know, I'm dragging you into this, and I'm sorry you have to come along. But <laughs> That's I'm okay. Dragging the good Rosen name through the mud. <laughs> but I, I didn't want to fight. I didn't want to do it. And it's like, you know, Godfather 3, the best one, Mm, yes. Once I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. That was so from I, Godfather 3? Yeah, there was actually a memorable line in Godfather 3. Wow. I would have bet money that that was not from Godfather 3. Well, like, Godfather 2... Well, Godfather 1 is about Michael Corleone getting in it. Number 2 is him getting out of it. Number 3 is him getting... Back into it. That's right. That's right. Crazy. Yes, Godfather 3. What a piece of... A a masterpiece. A masterclass. So wait, what is this fight, though? I I gotta know what I'm gearing up for. Here's what you're getting pulled back into. You know, we've had some discussions on the show in the past about why we don't have any content about cats. Yes. And overwhelmingly, we decided, some of our listeners did not decide this, but we Mm -hmm. decided that cats, as as evidenced by their coverage on Upworthy, that cats rarely, if ever, do anything worthy of being called Upworthy. Right. They don't rescue people. No. They don't... They don't get help if someone has fallen. They don't, if someone has fallen and it's cold, they don't, you know, snuggle on top of them to keep them warm, et cetera. Et cetera. So they're not doing any of this stuff. A cat is a, a selfish being, and that's fine. We need that, but it just doesn't work for Upworthy. So I saw two headlines this week, which just further drove the point home. And one of them was, now this is an actual headline. I'm not making this up. Okay. Three-legged dog battling cancer jumps into freezing river to save baby otter. (laughs) Okay, just let me read it again. Okay. Three-legged dog, meaning at some point the dog Mm -hmm. maybe was hit by a car, uh... Some, something happened to the poor poor dog. Battling cancer. So now the dog has three legs. Battling cancer. So it's not at full health. Clearly. Now, but three legs, it jumped with three legs mm-hmm. into a freezing river. And what did it save? A baby otter. The only thing, like baby seal would be the only thing that would be more compelling. But a baby right. otter... A baby otter is pretty friggin' cute. So, and I don't need to get into the story because the headline says it all. Probably, I bet nobody even read this story because it's I'm like, surprised they even included a story. I think they did it with the headline. Yeah, it's all in the headline. The end. Yeah, just to put a period in the story. And that's shocking where at Upworthy, we're really good at making headlines that people want to click on. Yeah. So, you know, if it was just that story, I could have let this be. I couldn't have got pulled back in to this fight. And I wouldn't be dragging your good name. Right. Um, you know, and a lot of people have said that potentially I, it's much deeper than that. I am really speciesist against cats. I think I've said that. Yeah, because every time this comes up, because it's even come up on my show a little bit, where I've been accused of being anti-cat, I always explain, no, I like cats. I wish I could have a cat. My husband is very allergic. I'm somewhat allergic. I would like to have a cat. I have nothing against cats. It's just I know dogs better. 
And then on this show, we had the same conversation, and then it came out that actually you are anti-cat. No, no, I am I am not. That was the thing with the Vaseline was many years ago, and I didn't do it. It was just my idea. But here we go. So here's okay. another headline, the one that pulled me back in. Okay. Meet Patron, a bomb-sniffing Jack Russell Terrier who was found 150 Russian bombs in Ukraine. Read that one again. Yeah. Uh, okay. Meet, meet Patron. Patron. Maybe it's Patron, but I don't know. I'm from LA. I pronounce it Patron, you know? Yeah. No, I think he's a premium tequila named <laughs> after. Like when my, my wife went to North Carolina and they have a, a restaurant there called uh, Bojangles. Mm-hmm. And yes, my, wife, my wife goes, oh, this is some Mexican food. Let's go to Bojangles. <laughs> <laughs> It's because you're from L.A., right? That's how you pronounce it. Right. It's Mr. Bohanglis. <laughs> you know, man, Bohanglis, and he danced for you. Um, so meet Patron, a bomb-sniffing Jack Russell Terrier who has found 150. Now, we think about, like, you know, the dog going out and saving one life by, by, by warming somebody up. Saving one life, pretty dramatic, as they say in the Torah, Tiklan Uman, Tikum Uman, save one life, you save the world. Something, repairing the world. Anyway. Sounds good, yeah. My, my Hebrew's all, it's been years since I worked at J-Date. But, okay, so, bomb-sniffing Jack Russell Terrier found 150 bombs. You know how many lives that could have saved? It sounds like it has saved a lot of lives. Yeah, lots of lives. I mean, he's in, he's in big time, he's in, you know, Mother Teresa territory with right. life-saving, you know. We should put him on Mount Rushmore. Patron. I mean, he's not an American Jack Russell Terrier, it sounds like, but still. Yeah, maybe on the next episode we'll do what dogs would you put on, like, yes. Mount Barkmore or something. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I have a lot of questions. Like, who's counting? Where are they keeping the record? I feel bad for Patron because it seems like he's in a lot of danger. Um, but go him. Yeah, you're right. There's no... There's no Felix or um, what are other names for famous cats? Morris, who's wow. doing this. That's a pull. Yeah, I'm young. I'm young and cool. <laughs> right up there with the candid camera reference. You got Morris <laughs> the cat. Felix? Ah. Isn't there the Felix? 30s? Yeah, Felix. Felix the cat, yeah. yeah so the funny Garfield. Thing is, one of, you know one of the funny things about war? <laughs> Do tell me, fellow young person. Well, the funny things about war is there's there's somebody who's who's doing the stats on the war, right? You know, you ever hear like patrol somebody, hundred fifty bombs. Somebody's walking around tallying that up. There's war mm-hmm. statisticians. You know, it's like the people that are like, oh, the Red Baron. The Red Baron shot down seventy two planes, or so and so, forty seven confirmed kills in Nam. Who's who's doing this? Because I've heard of all these different positions in. War, all the different war jobs you got. You got soldier, right? Tank driver, uh, propaganda guy. You know all the all you know the wild card like Murdoch on the A team, and but who's who's doing the stats? Is I I don't know how you figure that out. Hmm. No, me neither. But I feel like that would be one of the if you're into numbers and you're sort of detail oriented, that's one of your better war jobs. So, Allison. Yes. What do we got in the Upworthy Stories <laughs> well, of the Week? Just as intense and serious as war, uh, people share the most effective ways to get a man to stop hitting on you. Actually, mm. here is a pretty intense uh, stat, speaking of statisticians. Uh, a survey for the UN found that 86% of women between the ages of 18 and 24 had been sexually harassed in public. Um, so this is from Reddit. And uh, someone asked, what are some effective ways to get a man to stop hitting on you? Uh, And a lot of people responded on Reddit. And here's just my own personal thing. I have to say, uh, I don't have this problem that much. Mm. And I know this is not the takeaway from this story. The takeaway should not be like, what's wrong with me that I'm not being plagued with people hitting on me? I mean, sure, I get, and I'm not between 18 and 24 anymore. And sure, I get, I, you know, in my day, I got 
some attention. But it wasn't like, oh, my God, they just won't leave me alone. (laughs) And you know what I'm going to blame it on? I'm going to blame it on I have naturally black hair. And I think, therefore, I seem like not someone who's going to put up with endless being hit on. I think this is a blonde person's game. I realize that sounds ridiculous. Okay. So let's just say mm. I, I see the I see the um I see the skepticism on your face. No, no. It's not skepticism. I just didn't know where to put that. I know, and it it sounds problematic. Mm. I wasn't I wasn't judging you in, in that way. Mm. I your was wife just, is blonde, yes. Sometimes. Uh currently. when she's blonde, does she and and is she just besieged? I gotta ask her. I gotta ask her. Can we get her on the line here, Sarah? She's working right now. <laughs> so, so when you're blonde, you get hit hit on more often. Because I, I always think like if I what like I'm not a obviously I'm a married man, so I'm not running around hitting on women. But I think you know whenever I see videos of like you know a woman puts a camera in her shirt or whatever, and then mm-hmm. she gets hit on. Like it, it, or there's ever like videos of like guy gets shut down who's hitting on a woman. Right. The women being hit on are of all shapes, sizes, ages. That I feel like just every woman gets hit. Like there's some guys that really, you know, t- like you know, there's some people that you know they shoot with a rifle. And there's some people that shoot with a musket. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. musket, you got yes. spray. You know, you're you're dick right. shooting it's your buddy. It's a numbers game. Some guys <laughs> are playing the numbers game. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, I think you're right. Uh, I think maybe I've just been very lucky. Um, okay, so here are some things to do uh, if you are being hit on in public, uh, and or you no, know, sorry, not just hit on in public. Here are some effective ways to get a man to stop hitting on you according to the commenters on Reddit. Um, So if some guy just won't leave you alone, you just say, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior? Uh, And then someone commented that they carry a couple issues of the watchtower with them. Do you know what the watchtower is? That is a, uh, uh, oh my God. Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. Publication. Exactly. Um, And then there's another move that uh, the commenter refers to as baby runs for president which Mm. I thought, what does that mean? Um, This is where you just ask questions that would be equivalent of the questions a child would ask. So what? Why? What does that mean? Why do you do that? Why? What does that mean? Just, you know how kids just ask nonstop, very simple nonstop questions till they exhaust the heck out of you. You just do that to the person till finally they just leave you alone. Let's see. Let's let's see how this works out. So I I come up to you. You're sitting at a bus stop. Okay. You're like the, the woman with the bag on laughing for another <laughs> timely reference. And, I, and I'm Henry Gibson walking over. And so I sit down next to you and I go, hey there, pumpkin. How's it going? What's a pumpkin? Oh, you know what a pumpkin is, darling. Why? Okay, you know, I just saw you sitting here and I realized you weren't blonde, but I still... Took the opportunity to come over here, say hello, get to know get to know your name. We got we got time to kill before this bus comes. Where are you going? Well, you know, we're both going in the same bus. We're both going the same way. You know, we're both going down to Main Street, and then maybe over there we can stop by, have a sandwich. You know. Why? Well, aren't aren't you hungry? You know, you look you look famished. I've never seen a woman looking so hungry before in my life. <laughs> well, you know, clearly I, I think you're 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 bad at rejecting. Okay, the man, and I'm bad at hitting on people. I think. Is, but you sound like Bill Clinton. Really, that was not my intention. That was. That's, that's what just, it sounds like. Whenever, whenever I, uh, <laughs> whenever I. <laughs> Hit on women. I, I find that a southern, maybe like an Arkansas type accent, uh-huh. and with a little draw, a little bit of sleaze in there. I think I think yeah. I think women tend to like that. We gotta li- we listen. If you're from Arkansas, does it work for you? That's what we want to know. Yeah. Okay. And then here's a line, and apparently it's from the movie, uh, from the film Double Jeopardy. Uh, if someone if someone asks you out, you say, "Let me check with my parole officer because I <laughs> murdered my husband." 
Um, someone commented that face masks have been great for this. Oh. Uh, you yeah. know, here's the thing. Like, you know, during the face mask times, uh, many times I was in, you know, like Stater Brothers in the supermarket. And you, you notice when there's people around, you're like, oh, she seems cute, whatever. And then you'd be like, but I don't know. Could be, right. could, could, could be a horror show, you know, uh, beneath the mask. You don't know. And you're like, nose up, looking good here. And, <laughs> and I wish that maybe like I got, again, you know, like the guy doing the war stats. Mm-hmm. If someone could later tell me whether I was right. Like, and now oh, the yes. masks come off. Like, oh, I was right about that one, you know. The reveal. You know, there was a brief period of time where everyone entertained well I entertained therefore I feel like everyone did wasn't didn't weren't we considering clear masks mask with masks with panels what happened to that idea yeah it's amazing nobody figured out how to make it but I think right. some some and upworthy they did some stories about you had a clear mask if you like live with somebody who was deaf hearing impaired right yeah hearing yeah. impaired I think deaf's still okay I think deaf still okay. I just wanted to use more syllables. Okay. Uh, so that they could read lips. Because if not, it was a yes. tough time. Right. Right. And I think people who work with kids, I think teachers maybe wanted them. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good idea. Uh, and I, but, but it didn't. They're, they didn't seem to be widely used. Okay, grandma burp. And then I thought, well, why blame, why blame those burps on grandmas? In my family, it's more the grandma fart. Like, at a certain point, you hit a certain age where it's like, I have earned the right to no longer hold it in. Mm. Um, which I feel like, you know what? You have, grandma. So, anyway, though, a grandma burp. But it's like, you got to time that right. You got to hope that the guy's hitting on you when you have a burp chambered. Yeah. Uh, you know, try, another option is try to recruit the guy into your pyramid scheme, your MLM. Uh, <laughs> you know, loudly ask your friend for a, a tampon is another one. Show the guy pictures of your kids. Or, and this one's fun, talk to him about your diarrhea. Oh. Well, pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Why you rub- I wish I could. Like <laughs> yeah, the rumb- the rumbling you're hearing in my stomach is not hunger, I assure you. <laughs> I think I hear some butterflies there. <laughs> I just really need a bathroom. You know, to to loop this around to the beginning of this episode, uh I was I was thinking uh what if uh I think someone could have like a a dog that that goes with them that stops men from hitting on them, you know, oh. like a woman could have a dog that can sense that. A like, you jerk know, you... sniffing dog. Yes, yes. Okay, that's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> jerk sniffing dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the dog's, you know, does something and like scared, lifts his leg or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Credit where credits due. I think a cat would be good with this. I mean, cat on a leash, tough. Um, Cat on a bus, tough. Cat at a bus stop, tough. But cats are very possessive of mm-hmm. their their guardians, and maybe you could, uh, uh, you know, some some catitude could really like thwart uh, a guy from hitting on somebody. This is true. But I've seen, you know, many episodes of Caesar Milan, who he himself is fairly controversial in the dog behavior world. But anyway, mm. there are dogs that can be pretty possessive too but that's like a bet you don't want your dog to be that way that's a bad thing no you want your dog to be like footloose and fancy free that's right upworthy weekly florida man protests book bans by making the compelling point that the bible should go to and uh, i wrote this story and i was just very happy to write a headline with florida man (laughs) Because he's the best America has to offer is Florida man, you know? Oh, boy. Uh, Let's see here. So uh, last month, Governor DeSantis in 
Florida signed a bill in the law that allows parents to recommend that certain instructional materials get banned from schools should they find them objective. And so, so far, over 200 books, mostly those, strangely, that deal with race, sexuality, and LGBTQ issues, have been banned in school districts across the state. So it's it's very strange that they give them the opportunity to ban and immediately it's all, you know, uh, it's all, you know, materials written by uh, minorities. Chaz Stevens, a resident of Deerfield Beach, Florida, believes that parents and districts are overlooking one book that contains genocide, slavery, talk of LGBTQ people, bestiality, misogyny, rape and child sacrifice. The Holy Bible. So, you know, obviously we're not here to sit in Bible bash, but the guy's making a very good mm-hmm. point. And if you're going to ban books on that talk about these things, uh, that maybe look no further than the good book. And then also say right. that, that material may not necessarily be bad because it talks about these things that we should talk about anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and he makes a, a very funny joke in there because recently uh, in Florida they banned teaching of critical race theory in schools. So he said the Bible should also be banned because it's too woke. He says <laughs> he says the Bible teaches about slavery, and therefore some poor white person is going to open the book and learn about quote passages that wake up civilization's sordid past. Mm, And there's one one other thing that there's a lot of positive, humane messages in the Bible, and that may teach children to show, quote, empathy to their classmates, and it could lead them to getting one step closer to getting our LGBTQ freak on. (laughs) It's a really good point. It's not going to go anywhere, but it but it is a real it's not that's not a very upworthy thing of me to say, but it's a realistic thing. But uh it really does sort of show the hypocrisy that some people are are willing to live with because all these things that people are finding objectionable in other books are all in the Bible. Right. And I also found that it's kind of hypocritical for Florida because it's like a couple months ago, you have the pandemic and Florida is all about freedom. They're like, Mm -hmm. freedom to not have a lockdown, freedom to show my face to everybody, freedom to not use a vaccine. But now they're like, they're going to swing the other way and go, oh, we're all about being authoritarian and banning books. Because that's like, when you think of authoritarian societies, it's like, top five things. Hey, let's have a book burning, you know? So that's my point. I think Florida needs to get its act together. You, You either be the place of freedom or the place of authoritarianism uh, and always be the place where Florida man runs wild, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Florida, you're being very confusing. Upworthy Weekly. Hey, everybody, I'm Nick Latum. And I'm Leah Bonima. And we're the hosts of Were You Raised by Wolves? Each week, we try to make the world a kinder, nicer place. Well, that's the idea, at least. I mean, we try. Have you ever wondered what to do if you're ghosted? Or what to do when a friend asks you to borrow money? Or the proper way to eat Cheetos? You know, the big questions. So please find Were You Raised by Wolves wherever you listen. A woman asked her elderly neighbor to watch her pets and she returned when she went on vacation and she returned home from her vacation to the sweetest letter from him. And it is just very heartwarming and a reminder uh, of uh, how uh, meaning. Oh, no. Warning. The following story is super wholesome. Its sheer goodness may cause some to regain their faith in humanity and to burst into uncontrollable tears of joy. When I was looking at this story this morning, I thought to myself, Allison, they're probably going to play the alarm. Be prepared. You can handle it. You're a big gal. Uh, It's going to be okay. And then I forgot, but I really had had a moment with myself where I gave myself a little pep talk. And And then it went right out of my head. 
Uh, okay, so she says, I went on vacation two weeks ago and let my neighbor babysit my pet. Shortly after I got back home, I received this letter from him in the mail that made me smile and cry. I'd like to share it here. Uh, good afternoon, the letter begins. This letter is regarding your vacation two weeks ago and how you let me babysit Smokey, Oreo, and Jennifer. I'd just like to give you a letter of thanks. And so the letter doesn't say what Smokey, Oreo, and Jennifer are, um, but she says that... Uh, they are a German shepherd, a beagle, and a cat named Oreo. Um, so the letter goes on. As you know, I'm an old man. You don't see me outside often anymore as these joints aren't as lively as they used to be. To add to that, two years ago, in the midst of the pandemic, my dad got diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. After his death, I was left alone in my home. I don't have a wife or kids. I could go to sleep one day and never wake up again. Every day is just sitting around and wondering what I have done for this world. Until I met Smokey, Oreo, and Jennifer. Your pets are the cutest, funniest, and most troublesome in a good way don't worry they didn't mess up my house too much individuals they gave me the motivation to restart my life again I started waking up early in the mornings I began to take walks outside with your pets for the first time in years every 10 minutes whenever I felt sad for a second they would bark or rub against my leg and make me laugh the highlight of their stay was when I took them to the park. It was the longest time I've spent outside in a while. It didn't just bring back pet interaction. I also met other people, started talking, and made friends with a handful of fellow human beings. I was so happy to finally be able to talk with friends again, interact with others, and feel like I'm part of the human race. I realize I sound very existential right now, but I'm telling the truth. It's nice knowing that I'm doing something for someone, even if it's my neighbor. I adopted two dogs soon after. You may have been mm -hmm. hearing noise from my home. Pardon them. I now take regular walks to the park with them and talk with friends I made there. Anyways, I'd just like to say thank you so much. You brought back meaning to my life, and that's all that matters. Sincerely, Robert. Now listen to this part. P.S. I think it's time for you to mow the lawn. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the ultimate old man joke, and you know he meant it. Yeah, I know. It's so sweet. Um, and, you know, commenters just went nuts over this, thinking it was the sweetest thing, thinking maybe it was made up, thinking the whole thing was just a way for him to tell her to mow her lawn, thinking that she should mow her lawn and his lawn for the rest of their lives. Uh, I think it's so sweet and yeah, kind of sad. Yeah, those commenters are just choosing to see the worst in people, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that's a beautiful letter, and it shows about how important it is for people to feel useful. And mm -hmm. the ability for people to feel that way obviously declines as people get older because the way we treat old people and we hide them and um, we don't venerate them like they do in other cultures. And so, you know, I think it's a, a great story for Upworthy to share. And so then other people will maybe go, oh, you know, the guy next door, maybe I'll have him do something functional. You know, just ask him to right. help something. He probably wants to. You know, as we and we were talking about on last show about how guys are just walking around, you know, with hammers and, and screwdrivers in their hand, just waiting to fix something. You know. Yes. And yes. you know that that's always a, a, a great thing. Uh, you know, somebody wants to be useful. So I, I was thinking, like, they should make. You know, they have like the Geek Squad. Mm hmm. Where you go and get you, you get your computer fixed or, or whatever, right? Uh, yeah. Well, they should have in neighborhoods like the senior squad. Yes. You know oh, where that's there's such a good idea. And what do they do? Well, I, I was just thinking like like you could have like, let's say you wanted unsolicited parenting advice. They could <laughs> they could have like a a mother in law senior, you know that. Oh boy. That comes in maybe maybe tells you that the baby looks cold, you know. Um, oh my god! Yeah, he needs socks. <laughs> or no, but you can have like this guy, you know, like the ex experienced man senior, could be a woman too. It's mostly a dude thing that sits and watches you while you like put IKEA furniture together, and say, oh, no, 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 you're gonna want to yes. turn that over first, or you know, just comes in and just inspects your house, you know. If there was like grandmas on call, I would call grandmas on call. Like when your if your childcare falls through and there were grandmas who just want to play with little kids, I would totally call them. Yeah, and this like, is not you, a bad idea. You call them grandma too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but, like my son did to a stranger, which was very <laughs> uncomfortable. He goes, "Hi, grandma." <laughs> she, she 
she smiled and said hi back. But I was like, oh, no, she, she, if she hit him right now, I, I'd get it. You know, this happened to us. Uh, we were when we were on vacation, when we were walking through the hotel, Owen saw my three year old saw a woman who had hair similar to my mother in law. And he's like, Grandma, Grandma. And I was thinking, this woman looks like someone who might not want to be a grandma yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I hope she took that in stride. You know, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like the the kid who goes up to the person who maybe could lose a little belly fat and asks, like, when the baby's Baby. due. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, it is kind of sweet. There's a guy who lives across the street that I believe has dementia. Mm. he's married and I've just noticed that he kind of doesn't really talk or I asked him a couple questions once and I kind of got the feeling that he was in having some kind of decline but it's so sweet that every day his name's Ron and he's the best and he has his two dogs he has one big golden retriever and one little like Dax Dash I don't know how to say this word yeah please I say Dachshund okay wiener dog and he sits and he walks him around the neighborhood all the time. And that's like every day you always see him out, Ron out there walking the dog mm-hmm. and I wave to him and, uh, yeah, it's always really sweet. And I think it's probably very good for him to do, you know, have mm-hmm. that activity. Yeah. Now there's one dog walker in the neighborhood. I don't like. Let's hear about it. There's a woman and her husband that live. And I think she seems to be more into this, but they have huskies, and they have seven of them. So, oh my word, that's a so, pack! Yeah, so it's like they're running an Iditarod when I'm <laughs> taking my dog to go down the, the street. Now here's the thing: my dog, Scout, the uh, fat Jack Russell terrorist, he is just like pulling me on the leash, and you know we get to the end of the street corner, and he just blows through it, and he is completely mm-hmm. not. We didn't even bother with the second dog. Murray was trained, but this guy, Scout, is he's not having it. I don't care. I look like a mm-hmm. terrible dog owner. And then I see these people on the other side of the street, and the dogs are all just stopping in unison. Like, are they like the Von... Is it like Sound of Music, like the Von Trapp children and the captain? It's been a while since I've seen it. Oh, my God. Have you not seen... Have you not seen Sound of... Gee whiz! Is not... An exclamation I say often. Have you not seen Sound of Music lately? He blows a whistle and like clicks his heels and they all come running. And I'm encouraging. Children! As I sound your signals, you will step forward and give your name. You, Fraulein, will listen carefully. Learn their signals so that you can call them when you want them. Lisa. Friedrich. Louisa. Yes. <laughs> That's anyway, like very well-heeled dogs. Uh, but I'm sitting there and I see the uh, the dogs and I get mad because they all stop. And my dog's barking at them and mm-hmm. they're completely silent. And I know that, oh my God. That, 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 that this gal or her husband. Now, I think the husband is just kind of doing it because he has to. Like, it's her thing, you know. But, and he, mm-hmm. you know, and he's just like, oh my God, these <laughs> dogs. And... But that, and then I know right. I get embarrassed as a dog owner that I'm like a horrible dog owner and I yeah. see these perfect dogs and I know in the back of her head she's going, oh, that guy with his untrained mutt that's overweight. And, you know, I know the whole right. bit. So, yeah, I don't, li- I don't like them. Yeah. I don't like them. How, how, how rude of her <laughs> to rub it in your face like that. She d- probably does it just to spite you. Oh, I'm sure she does. That she wakes up every morning thinking about me and how she can make me feel insecure. <laughs> she probably doesn't even want all seven dogs. She just has to have them to underline her point. She like rents them. And just because when I start leaving the house, she gets a little note and they, they drop them off. And yeah. then they, you know. I mean, seven though, what are they, are they pets or are these working dogs? And, and what kind of work are they doing in Long Beach? I don't think so. I are think, they mushing? I don't know. I just think, yeah, they, yeah, they look like they're going to mush, you know. Uh, 
I don't know. I think it's just. Con- I think at some point when you got that many dogs and are that well trained, you have some weird control issues. You know. But also, like at some point, and I'm sure someone's going to write it in. Tell me I'm wrong, but I feel like at some point when you got that many huskies, they're going to turn and kill someone. Yes, that happens, right? I mean, pro- not really, but it just seems like it could. Seven, seven huskies. It's a lot of dogs. It's a lot of dogs. It's a lot of dogs. Then again, that's not really fair of me because if someone had seven poodles, I wouldn't say the same thing. I'd be like, if you have seven poodles, at some point you're starting a circus. So. Oh, yeah. Or 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> right. At some point, someone's making a coat. Upworthy Weekly. I want to tell you guys about a podcast I love, and I think you will too. It's called A Bintel Brief. Back for its second season, the forward turned one of the most historic advice columns into a fun, modern, conversational show. Each week, two very different Jewish mothers, Gina Green, a writer and movement builder from the South, and Lynn Harris, a comedian, will come together with the forward's archivist, Hannah Pollock, to dish on the dilemmas of Jewish American life, identity, culture, and politics. Both historic and conversational, I know a Bento Brief will become your new favorite show. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. People are sharing the simple three-word advice they'd give their 13-year-old self. Now, just imagine, Allison Rosen, if you could travel back in time and tell your 13-year-old self what pitfalls to avoid and which decisions to make. A Reddit user by the name of Kiwi Pangolin asked the online forum, sorry here, bad broadcaster here. My pages are stuck together. Cheap paper. Mm. They asked the intriguing question about how they'd handle such a meeting. You meet your 13-year-old self, but you can only tell them three words. What do you say and why? And some people said some really kind of deep stuff, and a lot of it was about their health. You know, there's a lot of people say, don't smoke cigarettes. Whatever you do, don't, you know, right. uh, don't get addicted to that. Uh, stay away from Oxycontin, you know. Um, one, but one person wrote, uh, keep making music. Oh, that's good. Yeah, which is, you know, way of sometimes people get older and, you know, they, they quit the punk band, you know, and they go on and do other things. But really, they should keep their youth and, and, and keep to rocking out, you know. Even if no one wants to see old people rock out unless it's Mick Jagger, you know. Um, well, actually, I say that, and I've got my, my next concerts I'm going to are Dead End Company, Bob Dylan, and Paul McCartney. So I guess people do still want to watch old people rock out. You're the exception. Yeah. Um, uh, another person wrote, go to therapy. That's mine. Uh, That's one of mine. Uh, another one was, happiness isn't linear. They said, mm. everyone needs to mm. know at any stage uh, but I wish I was told that back at 13, so I know earlier in life that life is full of ups and downs. The downs will go back up, and the ups, you know, don't last too long. Another one was one I really liked, and it was, you'll be okay. Yeah, I like that one, too. Yeah. I once had that re- revelation. I was in the middle of a desert, uh, uh, dancing all night, and, you know... Uh, Doing drugs. I was chemically inconvenienced, I'd say. And I had this realization (laughs) as the sun came up over the desert and that it's all good. It's going to be okay. I'm just going to do a bit of this and a bit of this. And if you Mm -hmm. you can see what I'm doing, I'm doing making kind of dancing moves. But it's it's kind of like a tango Mm -hmm. that's that's really creepy. Um, Yeah. And I had this realization and I had to keep reminding myself that, yes, it's all good. It's going to be fine. Um, and I was seeing some other ones that I tell myself, you know, I'd say buy Bitcoin 2004, um, <laughs> go to class because it took a little too long oh, yeah, to finish college. One. I should have attended class more often. Another one is a, you're no genius. Wait, these are ones from the list or these are ones you'd tell yourself? I think I tell these to myself. Okay. Uh, you're no genius because I think. When I was younger, there was this idea, like I had friends that, you know, were in art school and it was all like, that guy that's really good at that thing, like he's a genius and that guy's really good, he's a genius. And we all kind of attributed people who are especially talented at things at having just kind of an innate ability. Mm 
when mm-hmm. you kind of realize when you get to this age, you realize everybody that's really good at somebody something is somebody who really put a lot of time and effort into it. And the idea that somebody was just born being great at something really kind of doesn't exist in a way. Um, mm-hmm. I and mean, we were talking about like I think last week's show about like Mozart, right? And he had Mozart that could write and play music at three, but like. He's totally the exception of the rule. It's like, you know, the Beatles were great because they sat and they played in Hamburg for eight hours a day, you know, for three years and then were amazing musicians coming out of that, you know. Uh, you know, it's all. Oh, right. Because I was saying that, that my son at three is not good at, was not good at baking bread. And we were wondering if true chefs are good at baking bread right. at three. And you asked whether Julia Childs was, was perfect. At, yes. You know. But it's. I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. And so I feel like when I was younger, I thought that any aptitude I had was just something I was born with, not something that I should actually mm-hmm. work really hard at getting better at. And so I think right. I would be more talented at certain skills if I would have known, like, look, if you put in the effort, you'll get a lot better. And I've realized now because of writing that lots of writing, I've gotten a lot better at it to the point where I'm professional at it, you know? Did you feel like if you had to put in effort, that meant you weren't actually good at it? Like you weren't naturally gifted at it if it required effort, and so therefore you should give up? Um, I think so, yeah. Definitely, like... Because there... Go yeah. Ahead. Go ahead. Well, there was a story we were go- going to do that we didn't get to a few episodes ago about different types of imposter syndrome. And one of them, and I forget the specific name, but it's something like natural aptitude or whatever, um, naturally gifted. And it is the idea that if something requires effort, then it must not be your natural like aptitude. And so therefore you you know, you're not natural. Like that, you should be able to do something instantly, perfectly. Yes. Like everything instantly, perfectly. So that is a fallacy, my friend. I know, and now I wish I knew that. And then I, I probably would have worked a lot harder at certain skills or talents, knowing that. And now I'll work at it. You know, now I kind of do. I do my practice mm-hmm. on stuff. But then I didn't know that, and I wish I would have known that. You know, I wish someone would have put like ten thousand hours. You know, the Malcolm, whatever the Malcolm Gladwell book was at that age, and right, that would have been helpful um another one was you know ask jennifer out you know, was, Wait, who's jennifer was jennifer hall if you're listening jennifer hall it's probably not your last name anymore because <laughs> probably making some other man out there happy but i there was a and and here here was this was some real wonder years crap when i was mm. 13 she had the locker right beneath mine Girl that <laughs> oh you had a top locker you lucky duck I had a middle middle locker I only ever had a bottom locker and she oh, okay. oh, you had three wait middle locker you guys had three yes yeah oh that's insane I think so no that would have required a a giant to be so no I think we yeah. just had two okay but she was the cutest thing and she uh, her her locker was right beneath mine and it would be like you know in South Park whenever he sees the girl he has a crush on he like vomits. It was it was like that every time, and she would always be like nice to me and smile. And she was kind of quiet and introverted, didn't really talk, and then I would just be like ah, and I'd say something stupid, and 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 you know, it it could have been something, you know. She she was very quiet. Mm. I was obnoxious and talked too much. I think we would would have had a good match. Um, she was gorgeous, mm. and I was hideous. I think it's all balance in these things. Um, yeah, and, and right, she needed someone to to bring her down to earth yeah yeah exactly yeah so yeah sadly i i should have done that and at that time i was madly in love with this girl when i was 13 and i didn't do anything about it and now i i have regrets you gotta find her don't reach out to her but you gotta at least find her and find out what she's doing oh you say don't reach out to her that would be creepy well you're married oh yeah 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 i I, no, i got you i got you i got you reminder um mine mine to myself would be my first one really was go to therapy but that was taken uh but I actually think more important would be trust your gut oh that is something it's taken me I like I still work on it on that but it's taken me so long to learn to do that and the thing is I actually do have good perceptions and 
good instincts. I just don't trust them. So I will have a read on a situation or I'll have a feeling about something and then I don't listen to it or I talk myself out of it or I feel like I need to get other people's opinions or I question it and I end up spending this historically, not, not, I wouldn't say I'd really do this presently, but like I spend so much time, so much extra time verifying something or staying in a situation. And it's like, if I had just trusted my gut, I would have saved myself so much pain, I think. And maybe that's just a, I feel like that's like a, a, a common young person thing, but mm. maybe it was just a little more strong in me. Um, I imagine there are some young people out there who are just like, I just feel this way. And that's enough for me and I'm going to trust it. And to those people, I say, wow, where did you get those kind of balls? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are some people like that that just are super, uh, what's what's the word? What's the, uh, they just. Headstrong? Spontaneous. Yes. That are, impulsive? Yeah, but I mean, yes, I feel impulsive. like but that can be a, that can be a fault too. Because you can be too much in that direction too. But yes, there are people who are like that. I don't yes. know. Uh, yeah, I think it's a funny thing. Spontaneous and impulsive are basically the same thing. It just depends on if someone gets good results, they're spontaneous. And <laughs> right. if they're continuously screwing up their life, you know. But there are right. those people that, that were just like, I'm going to move here. I'm going to go do this. So I'm going to, yeah. and I've always been kind of, I've been spontaneous in the, I'm going to have a good time. Let's go party, whatever. But also mm. with, with long-term decisions, I've been very, I think, try to be thoughtful about them. But So hopefully it's a good balance. Yeah. yeah. Right. You have to strike that balance. But it's like, you know, I, things like relationships or things like that where, like, I, I think maybe something's off here or I don't know. Whatever. I think I'm, I'm just – I've already made my – I've already made my point. I just needed to trust my gut more. And also the idea that, like, in – in a creative endeavor, if it has to make me happy. So like if it's my show and I am like delighted by this thing or I love this thing or I dislike this thing, um, that's kind of more important than what someone else thinks of it. Right. That has taken me a while to learn too. Upworthy, Upworthy Weekly. weekly. It's time to rate your week. Have something great happen this week that you just have to share with the world? Tell us about it by emailing us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com. Allison, on a scale of one through five, one being terrible and five being transplanted, rate your week. I'm going to give this week a 3.5 once more. Um... My kids are back in school after spring break, uh, and they are both happy to be back in school, so that's good. We've had, I think I've mentioned it 400,000 times on the show before, or once. It's always one or the other. I can't, it's like, I don't know if you ever have that thing where you there's something that you keep thinking, you've something from your past that you feel bad about that you want to apologize to someone for, and it's like, either I have forgotten to apologize to the, that person, or I've apologized like 16 times. That was a real aside, but anyway, um, <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm insane. I just continue. I was in a band mm-hmm. and there was a situation where I had a very brief relationship with a friend of our drummer and he was not in favor of it. And he talked to his friend about it. And I felt very mad at him because he, they were old, he was older. And I was like, how, you know, I, I was very upset with him for like butting his nose into my business. Like I'm an adult, even though I wasn't, I was like barely an adult, but like, how dare you? I didn't actually say those words in, but I was just very, very mad at him for like, and as an, you know, and I look back on that and I see that he was trying to protect me. Mm. He was actually his heart. And he knew that this guy like was did not have the best intentions. And he really was acting like an older brother. And I just felt like, how dare you you know, get involved in my business, um, even though it was his friend. So I think about that often. And I think I should I should say something to him about that all these years later. 
Uh, but I think I might have actually already said something to him about it because I have a vague memory of him being like, oh, don't worry about it. So I've either said something to him about it possibly multiple times or I've never said something to him about it. I cannot believe I brought that up now. That has nothing to do with my week. Anyway. Did you maybe dream you did but, it? You ever had that? Possibly, you go, yes. maybe I dreamt I did it and didn't really do it and you're not sure whether something was a dream or really happened? Yes, I've had things like that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we've been having a lot of uh, interruptions in childcare, which because Daniel and I both work, it's just making it really hard to uh, like plan our days and to get any momentum in our jobs. And um, uh, it's just been like insanely. I feel like a a baby. Like I feel like I'm going to cry. And then I feel like a baby about the how hard, how, how difficult, how like ill-equipped I am to cope with what's happening. It's going to be okay. Um, but that has taken the score and pulled it down. So things are okay. Just the day-to-day has been a little bit difficult. 3.5. Are you a better person than you were the week before? Well, Todd, I believe last week I crankily said that this having to be a better person each week is hard for me. Mm-hmm. That this is a little bit challenging. And then you said the whole thing is like, we're just trying to be 1% better each week. Yeah. And uh, I realized, you know what? That I can do. I'm not asking you to like, you know what? To like go join the Peace Corps or something. Or you know. I was thinking you were hoping for like some Habitat for Humanity action. Yeah. No, I'm not asking you to go from Allison to Jimmy Carter overnight. Okay. And, 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 the man and, on Mount Rushmore? <laughs> oh, I stepped over your great line. <laughs> what were, how were you going to say it? Maybe you had a better joke. Can't tell now. I don't remember it. Okay. Um, listen, I, I am 1.5% better, I would say. You know why? Because I have incorporated a water pick into my life. Um, I recently went to the dentist and the hygienist. Hygienist, the, the dentist and the hygienist, the hygienist recommended a water pick. She even had a water pick sitting on the like counter and recommended this particular model. It's cordless. If you, she recommends using it in the shower uh, because it can be, it can be messy. You get water everywhere. And I went and I bought it. And the first couple of days I used it, I thought I don't, and I'm also flossing, but I was like, I don't see what I'm doing here. This just is not doing anything. And then I watched a video because I was like, and I refuse to watch a video on how to use it. But then I watched a video on how to use it. And I was like, oh, I was using it totally wrong. Uh, There's an art to it. Who knew that? Do you have a question? No, it's the art of the water pick. That sounds... That's right. That's my new podcast. I'm going to, that's going to be the... (laughs) And sculpture. be the title of this episode and we're going to really sync the show. Um, Right. My wife recently got one of those, and I got to say it's become a problem mm. because How so? she wakes up before I do, and so and it's loud. So when I'm asleep, I hear of the water pick, and then, and then I hear her moans of satisfaction with the, the water pick working its magic <laughs> on there, and it's a, you know, it's a weird combo <laughs> of noises. And so I'm like, what's, what, what, what's happening here? What's, and I wake up, and I'm like... What is that noise? What's it doing to my wife? And then she's water picking. <laughs> and so then I, I go back to bed. And uh, then I then I think, maybe yeah. I want to use the water pick, but then she's going to know if I use the water pick. But it doesn't really touch my teeth, you know. So can you share right. a water pick? Is that okay? I mean. You should use, does it have removable heads? You should use different heads, I think, because it really is getting all up in your mouth, even though it's. It's not necessarily touching your teeth. But, I mean, it actually is is kind of kind of touching your teeth. You like run it along the gum line, is what I learned. You do with it. Mm. Um, wait, is hers corded or cordless? Ooh, do you know? I don't know. I don't know how it works. I still, I'm, I'm still, even though I, I'm still not sure what it's doing though, or why I'm doing it. And then my dentist is on Instagram. <laughs> So I was looking at his feed and the hygienist that I went to had like a little video on Instagram recommending this water pick. So apparently like they recommend it to everyone. And I was just like, well, what did I just buy into? 
I don't know. But still, I am a better person because I'm using a water pick now and uh, my gum tissue is tighter and my pockets are more minimal or something. I don't know. <laughs> what about you, Todd? Can you rate your week one awful to five amazing? Uh, I'm going to give myself a, uh, a 2.5. Oh, wow. It had a high and a low. And Okay. I went to I last Saturday I went to go to a comedy show and I hadn't been to a comedy show in a long time and I love going to comedy shows and it was really hilarious and the comedians were great and I was like man I got I should just do this every night you know um I used to always mm-hmm. go to have the Long Beach Laugh Factory it's pretty close to my house and I used to go there and it was pretty crazy because it was a couple of years back they used to always give out like free tickets on like Twitter like sign up now and so I Go go down there with some friends, and it was like Gerard Carmichael, Tiffany Haddish, oh, yeah. Neil Brennan, and all all they used they were always like the regulars at the Long Beach Laugh Factory. And now it's kind of funnier. Like, well, Gerard Gerard Carmichael's huge. Tiffany Haddish is huge, and mm-hmm. it was all of them. I remember Gerard Carmichael. He had like two hundred Twitter followers, and I like followed him because I thought he was so great. And I was like, how is this guy not like famous or something? But I'm saying is I knew Gerard right. Carmichael was great. You discovered him. I did. I you did. discovered him. Yeah. But so, yeah, I enjoyed that. But then the, the bad part was last night I went to a movie at the drive-in and I have this weird thing where I enjoy watching old Liam Neeson kicks ass movies, mm-hmm. which is... uh since the movie Taken, and I think I kind of like ironically liked them, but then ended up liking them. Like it's old Liam Neeson who gets pushed too far, or he's like an ex FBI guy that has to come back and beat up people, and he he puts in minimal effort in the movies. Like I watched one recently where he was a Texas rancher but still had the Irish accent, which was <laughs> kind of hilarious. You know, ah. Uh-huh. Got to watch the border, you know. And <laughs> I've been working on my Liam Neeson, you know. Yeah. I have a special okay. set of skills, but and so last night I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna go get out of the house. And I had the option of seeing the new Nicolas Cage movie that everybody loves, uh, where he plays Nicolas Cage. And I thought, no, I'm gonna stay loyal to Liam. And I went to go watch his movie Memory, mm-hmm. and it was horrible. Oh. So Liam, you should be doing better. Like it's just like this long, slow trickle from the greatness that is taken. I have a special set of skills to memory where he's like he has dementia and doesn't know who he killed. It's weird. Mm. It's, it wasn't that great. Anyway, so that took my week down. I was disappointed by Liam. But um Yeah. Yeah. Are you a better person? Now I I don't want you to take this the wrong way. Which is I'll be the judge of that. Just right up there with uncomfortable things people say, like right up there with Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I always like, No, right. no, 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 you yeah. can that question, no. Ask me another <laughs> one. Get that one out of your brain. <laughs> or when my wife used to do this and I swore you never do it again. Or when someone says, Can we talk? Or yes. can we talk later? Oh hell no. Oh God. Oh I know. My wife, yeah. Oh. My wife once texted me at like eleven a.m. Can we talk later? And I was like, <gasps> I just hated myself yeah. the entire day. I know. Evidently, I'd said something stupid the day before, but so yes, that's the worst. Yeah, it's never good. But yeah. so what I was gonna say is, I'm I am a better person, and I feel that I'm kind of a better person than you this week. Okay, here we go. So, as as you were saying earlier, you have Atomic Habits on your phone, but due to some kind of personal resistance to change, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you're overthinking opening the book. Uh, I've I've gone full. I'm gonna look right now and see what what percentage I've read. Tell, go ahead, tell me. So I I I cracked the book open today because it was in my stack of books, like the next one I'm going to get into, and I'm about sixty pages in, and I really love it, and I'm just thinking like, wow, like this is not going to be fair because in 
don't know, six months we'll be doing the show, and I will just be so far beyond you in terms of certain things because my habits are now atomic, and yours, sadly, are, are not. You know, And I want you to get there, so eventually what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a book report where I'm going to tell you everything I learned. I'm going to be like, I did, I did the work, but that doesn't mean I can't share it with you. So I'm 60 pages Oh, that's in. great. So that I, don't, I won't even have to read I can't even find it on my phone anymore. Jeez. I think it, my phone rejected it. How do you read a book? On- I think I had the audio book, maybe. Oh, I okay. Don't know. That's, that makes sense. I'm mean, like, how do you read a book on a phone? That seems terrible for, for the eyes. Well, on the Kindle app, that's one way. That's I thought I had it on the Kindle app, but it makes sense that I had the audio book, and I, can't, I don't know where it is. Got it. Yeah, you give me a book report. You tell me what you've learned. I'm going to give the book report on the show, and then it's going to be all like lies, like stuff that isn't in the book. You know, and That's, teach you. And I'll never know. Teach everybody terrible habits. So I'm the only one who So succeeds. wait, have you. But have you changed anything about your life yet? I'm waiting to finish the book. Is that what you're supposed to do? Does it say that? Well, you don't want to get halfway, you know. It's like. <laughs> You don't want to get like halfway to the Bible through the Bible and then commit. You got to know the whole, the whole thing, you know. Uh, I, okay. Because one thing you learn at one spot, one thing you learn at another spot, and then if you don't know the last bit, you know, it doesn't doesn't all come together. The whole package. So I'm waiting, but I'm, I'm but I'm, I am looking forward to that moment of change, and it's going to be delightful. <laughs> okay. So, Allison, I hear you've got a couple reviews here. Oh, yes. So, you know, people leave us reviews because they enjoy what they hear. Not everyone, but some of them. Hmm. Uh, And uh, these were left on Apple Podcasts. We would encourage you to keep reviewing our show, please. Uh, This says, love this show. Five stars. And it's from L. Lowell. I enjoy the candid camera references, LOL. I love Allison, originally from the show that shall not be named, but I regularly listen to Allison Rosen as your new best friend and childish. Also glad to get to know Todd, and they are great together. I like that we're from the same generation, so I get the references like candid camera. No, you don't understand. I'm very, very young. I just use old references, and so is Todd. We're we're both teenagers. That's right. You know, I, I will sit and I will drop a dope... Machine Gun Kelly lyric, right? Yeah, you know? same. And I talk about Harry Styles. All the time, right? Yeah. yeah I heard we, we were talking about him in that Adore You song the other day. And uh, then also, we're going to, maybe we're going to talk for half an hour about the best of the Jack Parr Tonight Show. I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, but not everyone is so positive. Here comes, now this is a three-star review. This is from Mr... R. Paderso. Hmm. He is the R reviewer who has a problem, Todd, with some of the things you say. Yes. Not my opinions. Todd Perry said innocuous. What? Not my opinions, say? by the way. Not my opinions. It's my, my speech. No. You know. Yes. Uh, the Will Smith thing came up. Oh, no. So I'm... Oh, this is you talking. It's, in, it's a quote. Oh. The Will Smith thing came up. Oh, no. So I mentioned something innocuous. Wait, am I like a Inno- 1930s gangster? Yeah, see? I, is is yeah. this an impersonation? The Will, I got... <laughs> Sorry. Wait, what's your, what's your Bill Clinton? I mean, not your... What's your Arkansas? Do your Arkansas talk? My Arkansas predator. <laughs> yeah. How does that sound? Hey there, pumpkin. <laughs> the Will Smith... I can't do it. Okay, so anyway, I'll, this is this is my... I, this is not, this is, this is no impression. It's just, I'm just reading a quote. The Will Smith thing came up. Oh no. So I mentioned something innocuous about it, unquote. Todd Perry reaches for the word innocuous, but thinks the word is innocuous. Allison, where did you find this extremely dumb dummy? And when are you going to dump him? The show is maybe okay, but Todd Perry is dumb. (laughs) I like, he's like... He he doesn't even try to like spruce things up by giving some kind of like mm-hmm. you know Todd Perry is incorrigible or Todd you know no big words Todd is just dumb. dumb you're dumb dummy just dumb and you know what 
here's the thing. As we've talked about on the show before, with thanks to you know the the Dunning Kruger effect, I could be mm-hmm. seriously dumb, but I'm so dumb I don't know I'm dumb. And that's right. I'm so dumb I don't just yeah. Just we do. Yeah. So I I know. I mean I don't think you are. Oh, oh well thank you I appreciate that. You know just mildly not that smart you know um well i listen i and keep those reviews coming i appreciate the three stars for me mm. i would prefer five stars for me um but you know keep them coming because we like to read them they entertain us and they help people uh know what you think of the show help people find the show etc subscribe i don't know it's, it's real bruise to the ego I th- you know what? I think you read that one because you're trying to get back at me uh, for saying I was a better person than you this week. So you held that, and you're just waiting for a time when you could hit me back, but triangulate it through a, a review. That's what I think was happening. Mm. Maybe. Am I that transparent? I'd like to thank everybody for listening to Upworthy Weekly uh, and for tolerating Allison Rosen and uh, for (laughs) sitting through my dumb, dummy words. Upworthy Weekly was produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen and Todd at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week. <laughs>